Welcome to another episode of Running with Red S. Today I'm joined by someone most of you, well, in Britain, will have heard of. He's the most famous person on Inside Jogging Podcast called Josh Lunn. It was fascinating talk to him, talking to him because I'm in contact with him every day because he lives in Cardiff as well. And we were just speaking about how his training has gone recently. Like he has struggled with quite a few races recently um, in terms of niggles and everything. So he was running extremely well when he went to a training camp in Spain. And he even ran a quick half marathon. But during his build up, he actually sustained a bit of an Achilles injury, which has led to him being out of running for about three, four months. And he's now currently getting back onto it. He's on the run-walk programme. And it's nice to see because he's a very determined athlete. He does all he can in terms of the running side. But he also has admitted and addressed the fact that he does sometimes struggle with the nutrition. He does sometimes struggle with the lack of S&C and the stretching and everything, which people forget. Like, at the end of the day, yes, the majority of the training comes from the running, the benefit and everything. But you need to get those 1%. You can improve by those extra 1% if you're able to get the right food in you, get the right nutrition in you, get the right support, get do the right stretching, get enough sleep and everything. So all that stuff is very, very crucial. And I, I've loved talking to him because you guys will hear some of the fascinating sessions he was doing. It wasn't just the sessions, but it was the amount of stuff he was doing during the week in terms of how fast he was able to do. And he even said, like, when he's in shape, the easy runs get quicker because he's, he doesn't even really look at his watch. He just goes and he feels really, really strong from doing it. And but there's still stuff he needs to work on. For example, he still needs to work on he needs to work on his hamstring strength. He does feel like that's a big factor and has impacted him. He even gave some ideas of some races he was doing. So for example, the big half, um, where he felt like after two miles he just had no hamstring strength and power and he just couldn't get through anything. So it's really, really interesting talking to him. And I really hope you guys love the show because it, it, he's a, such a nice guy. He wants he wants to run as fast as he possibly can. He's going, like I said, he's going through some injury problems at the minute, but most people do in their careers, especially training for a marathon. Like, you have to get it so spot on and you are training your body to an absolute max, max. So it's hard to make sure you are in the right frame of mind, really. And we speak about his mental side going to races. Like, I'm the same. Like, I sometimes struggle before a race in terms of trying to, like, really... Not slap myself up, but I get scared sometimes going to races because I want to perform and I feel like if I don't perform, I let people down. You just want to be able to run as quickly as possible. And yeah, it's just, yeah, it's just, it's just a great talk and you guys should definitely listen. But before we go on to it, I'll just give a brief view of what I've done this week. So this following week, now it's Sunday, we've recorded this and it's been a great week. I've done, I think in total, like 15 hours of training, but it's like three and a half hours of gym work, eight not just under nine hours of cross training, two hours of running and 45 minutes of cycling. So that was for warm up and cool down. And it's been going phenomenally. I did my first continuous tempo session with some mile reps yesterday. I felt incredibly strong and I was hitting some paces. Down. I wasn't even like really pushing that hard. Like I was doing with Kieran Walker because he had a 10 mile session and it just felt, it just felt so easy. And he even said to me like, because I feel stronger upper body, I'm able to, my core barely moves when I'm running. So in that respect, I just feel like I'm not losing power at all. Like I'm able just to sustain quite a strong upper body and strong power that I'm able to get faster and faster. And it's very encouraging to see. Um, but I have to work on some things. Like, for example, I have to do some more stretching because I, I, I have a 
bit of a tendency not to do much stretching. I don't know if many of you guys do stretching and everything, but it's so important. And so it'll be like some yoga and everything. But because I'm focusing more on my calf strength, um, my calves, because that's the first thing that touches the floor. It, it does feel like I'm really, really benefiting from all the strength work I'm doing. And like, for example, people may have seen on my Instagram and Strava, I post about my session. I was like, bloody hell, it was like my first continuous run and I was able to hit those splits. So it's very, very encouraging to see. And I think it's something I'm going to carry on because I did SNC five times this week. So it ranged from 30 minutes to 75 minutes. And equally, it's, it's so important. It reduces the chance of injury. And because of my bone health and everything like that, I just feel like if I don't get this sussed, I could potentially get injury after injury after injury, which I really, really don't want to get because I'm fed up of just sitting on the sidelines watching people absolutely smash races. Like, my job is to run and compete, and that's what I want to be able to do. So focusing on all the strength work, I've been given some more exercises to do during the week. Um, and, yeah, so the nutrition, again, is going superb. I've been out for food quite a few times, but I'm just the fact I didn't just go out and enjoy it, like, go out for food and everything. I never used to be able to do that when I was struggling. Like, I would really, really focus on... I, I lost that social respect with people because... I didn't want to go out when I was struggling to eat. Like, I wanted to follow my um, routine. I wanted to make sure I wasn't actually... It was so stupid, but wasn't eating many calories because I wanted to be lighter the next day. So it's, it's little things that like that that can play really on your mind. But it was great talking to Josh and all these podcasts, these videos and everything have been incredible just to hear about people's livelihoods, how they train and everything like that. So sorry, just a brief introduction. I did a, another podcast with Karen just a few days prior, which you can listen to. And these are just kicking off. And I'm absolutely loving talking to people about all things running about, how everyone's doing in terms of training and seeing how they progress. So I really, really hope you enjoy this next episode. And there'll be one every week. So if you do want to come on, just please, please let me know. Hello and welcome to episode 15 of Running With Red S. Today I'm joined by probably the most Famous person on Inside Jogging Podcast, Josh Lund. Um, I've asked him to come on because I've always wanted to, to talk, go through his training, go through his races. And everyone has seen like he's been in incredible shape before he's run some very, very quick times. And because we're really close and everything, we're trying to get, trying to see what he can do over the marathon in the next few years. So welcome to the show, Josh. And I hope you enjoy being a part of it. Uh, thanks, Jake. Thanks for having me. So first of all, I just want to talk about, can you just, I know most people listening to this will know who you are because you have your own podcast, but you just want to give a brief description of like who you are, your PBs and everything. One sec. Jake, can you hear me? I think your your internet's died. Uh, it's still working. Hang on. Can you hear me? Let me, yeah. let me just... I don't think it's mine. I think it's yours. You might want to just cut that bit out. Just just say what you said again. Just cut it in between bit out. Oh, screw it. It'll be on. People will love it anyway. So do you just want to say <laughs> where you are and your times and everything? People will love it. It's a, yeah, it's yeah, a fine. Yeah, cool. <laughs> um, so, yeah, basically, I started running um, back when I was probably sort of 14, 15. Um, kind of like the classic sort of you do your school's competition um you do not too bad there then you go to the local club and it was very much sort of I'd go down like the sort of the as a social aspect um 
I would never do easy runs like outside the sessions. I would literally do Tuesday session, Thursday session, and that was it. Um, and that carried on like that for quite a while. Um, and then I actually moved coaches with um, a guy called Chris Wright. He was, uh, he was pretty good at the time for our age. He came to, I think, his highest position was 13th English schools. And he wasn't really doing that. Um, but he, he changed to a coach to sort of try and take it a little bit more seriously. And I tried to do the same. Um, and then, as you can imagine, my sort of times came. Hello. Nineteen had like sort of six months where I wasn't really running at all, um, and then I kind of started to miss it. To be honest, so I kind of started started running with um, my friend I was living with at the time, and I mean these weren't quick runs. We were literally we'd be like, so we just run at the time it was like from Peterborough to Stamford, which is probably like twenty miles off like no, no training, and it would be very very slow. Um, but then I sort of started to get back into the club scene, did sort of your classic, um, the British leagues, bit on the track. And it was quite a good um, mentality sort of in the, the, the group there. So that was quite fun. And then I, again, sort of was like, right, okay, well, I, I want to sort of try and progress a little bit. Um, and I, I started training it down at Bedford. So with Mark and Simon Goodwin, um, the coaches there. And I was still living in Peterborough, but I would sort of travel down after work. It started off, probably once a week um but then it kind of got up to three to four times a week every week um so that was and do you know what it was actually when i look back on it that was, it was quite um quite for long really because i would sort of finish mm. i'd do my double in the morning i'd work i'd finish work um and then we would be i'd get to training at sort of quarter past six which would be very tight and then i probably wouldn't get home until i mean some nights sort of definitely half nine till ten o'clock um and so yeah to do that probably three three days in the week and then once at the weekend was um yeah but i mean that's where i actually a lot of my pbs come from from that sort of time mm-hmm. so i was there for a fair few years um and i got my i mean my 5k time certainly needs some revision but i ran 14:43 there um and in 2019-20 um i came off the back of most of my pbs really so i ran 64:25 at the great north run uh, I ran 29.44 at Speedway. Um, and yeah, and I mean, that's when I felt like I had sort of a bit of a purple patch. Um, and then I sort of moved up to the marathon. Moved, when I moved to Cardiff, um, I changed coaches again, um, just because realistically it was, it, 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 I was training with Matt House, um, and he coaches himself. So it kind of made sense there to, to let him coach me for a little bit. So I debuted... Well, I, I finished my first marathon. My debut, I actually didn't finish. Um, had some problems sort of with nutrition. But I, I um, ran 2.17.59 the year. It was the, the COVID year. So you, you paced, didn't you? Mm. Um, and I actually ran all of that race solo. So I was pretty confident I could run a fair bit quicker. Um, oh, that was that was a phenomenal run. Because I remember on the start line, like it was pissing down the rain. It wasn't, it was yeah. like so crap, the conditions and everything. And yes, of course, a loop's nice, but it wasn't even, it wasn't even the nicest of loops. Like it was just like it was just a bit, uh, it was just a bit boring almost. Like I know you're going back past Buckingham Palace every time, but it's just, yeah. just, like it wasn't the most intriguing. 
Yeah, I think the thing for me, I, I found that with that race was there was nobody around. So exactly. there was like a couple exactly. of groups, but I was I wasn't quick enough to go with the groups. Um, so I literally ended up pretty much running the whole race on my own. Um, and so part- like, there was a couple of pla- places where it was a bit windy, and that was that was not fun. I mean, apart from the start line where you get like quite a lot of like motivation because the runners were there, because there weren't as wasn't anyone else. Did you feel like you were just going through patches where? You almost were like, this is just a session. Like, this feels like a session because there's no one there. Yeah, and do you know what? The, the funny thing was as well, I had no idea how far into the race really I was <laughs> because because it was on, they had every single K and mile yeah, yeah, yeah. mark with a, with a post. But I could, you, like, like <laughs> with your GPS, goes out, you couldn't work out what lap you're on. So the only reason I knew roughly what sort of pace I was running because they had a, the scoreboard every lap. So I'd go through and about 20, 30 meters later, this scoreboard would update and you could see. And I was like, oh, okay, this is my projected pace. Yeah. Just keep plugging away. Um, so, yeah. So, I mean, I, I came off the back of that and I was a little bit disappointed because I wanted to run 216, really. Um, I, I thought I was in pretty pretty good shape. And then um, I ran London a year after, but I did, I mean, I pretty much ran the same time, around 218.05, I think. Um, I came 14th there but again that one was the the weather it was just so windy the last 10k so mm. again I was a little bit disappointed because I thought I could probably run better I think the build-up in the first first London was probably better to be honest I had more, certainly more confidence and then that brings us to the like sort of the last that was kind of prime Covid um, coming out the back of Covid um, and then I've kind of been riddled with injuries really since mm. then which um, I'm kind of in in the peak of that right now to be honest so you went to because last year you were in america for a training camp and you came off that you weren't like you, people knew from your stream and everything you were not just hitting runs and everything but you were really running quite quickly over the shorter distances like with the shorter reps and everything unfortunately came back with was in achilles niggle then as well yeah achilles achilles car so I so I went out to Flagstaff and I was training with the Under Armour group there. Um, so I was jumping in a lot of sessions with with um, some guys out there. So like Matt Lano, BS Ambassador. Um, so like really really good guys. And some sessions, don't get me wrong, I was absolutely out the back. But there was a quite like a couple of sessions where I was sort of running with them. And yeah, I was probably running a fair bit harder than they were. But I knew I was in really really good shape. And I did push the mileage so my I think the last week or the second last week I was out there I, I did hit 130 and I think I probably just did too much to be honest um and I I got COVID after I did Houston half um but I was meant to be doing Seville Marathon and I think because I was a little bit wary I'd missed a session um when I sort of talking to Matt um, who was coaching me at the time we 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 basically sort of decided I'd do sort of two big sessions six days apart I think it was probably just a little bit too much. And off the back of that, I sort of got a little bit of calf pain. And I was like 10 days out from the marathon. I was like, I'll be fine to get to the race. And it, it just got worse. And I, I couldn't really sort of wait there on it by the time I got to the race. So I, I ended up doing, I couldn't run, which was, um, yeah, that was that was really, really um, annoying, to be honest. Yeah, because uh, like, apart from the training you did in Spain this year, like people knew you were in incredible shape. You were running those times at altitude as well. And which was phenomenal because a lot of people made me listen to this. Like if people haven't been to altitude before the first two weeks, you do have to take it easier because 
you get there and you go for a run like it feels like you can't breathe and like your heart rate sky high and everything yeah. so it's a shame and how how long did you have off after that then so effectively what happened after that um i had to probably have six weeks i reckon off um with my car and then i did get back to a little bit of running i did the bristol 5k which you did as well actually um and i mean i only ran sort of 14.53 there but actually it's not a million miles off from my best is anyway but then i i started to have some achilles pain on the other side and i think it was just again everything sort of seems linked it's i get a lot of calf niggles um and just building back up, I, yeah. I, I mean, I don't think I built, built back up too quickly because I wasn't really doing much mileage, but something just wasn't um, wasn't too pleased. So after that, I then ended up, in total, I think it was about four months pretty much off running. Um, so it ended up being quite a lot. But it's something that, I don't know, we might come to a bit later, but I'm sort of trying to really address now. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the main thing. It's like, you're still young in the marathon. You can go for another 10 years in the marathon. And it's better to address them now than when you're like your peak peak when you're in five years time and say, you just don't want to be, you don't want to miss another race 10 days out, be nervous again. And we'll we'll talk about like Spanish trip this year. Like, again, people have said like you were, you were hands down serious. I've spoken to a lot of people. Everyone knew it wasn't just like the runs you were doing. It was the sessions you were putting over and over again. People knew you were, bound to run a quick time in London um how because you changed coach to Rob Hawkins and being like, how was the interaction with him being and do you think he you were in very good shape in Spain yeah so I think so I changed um I changed coaches to Rob last year it's funny enough actually I was pretty I pretty much went to Rob um with that injury so the first yeah I mean the first probably three three months we didn't really do any running I was just doing a lot of cycling um so it, it did take a little while to actually sort of get into like the Rob sort of training um training block but yeah I mean I absolutely love it it's it's exactly kind of what I sort of think works for me um and that's to be honest why um why I moved to Rob because he's obviously got very very good um success with uh his um Sons and sort of Jess, uh, Piasecki, Tash. Um, so everyone's sort of been running very, very well off it. I think if you want to run um, a good marathon, it's yeah one of, one of the certainly the coaches you need to go to. So um, that's kind of the reason I changed. Um, so yeah, it, going going back sort of to when I joined him, it's um, we sort of do like a three three session a week um, sort of plan, and then. It, it even when like mid last year we weren't really doing anything sort of marathon specific it's it was all very much just trying to get a little bit fitter um even up to sort of christmas and then we, I, I was having an hour whether to do valencia marathon but there just really wasn't enough time to sort of get a good base block before we sort of did the marathon specific um so probably back in november maybe even end of october we decided um to do london um and then I kind of thought, oh, I really don't want to do a marathon block in the UK in the winter because the weather's shit. You know, in Cardiff, there's not that many good places when it's dark mm. to really sort of smash out marathon sessions. And even in the light, to be honest, unless you're going mm-hmm. sort of to Butte. So I, I spoke to 
Josh Griffiths because I knew he was running as well. Um, and we sort of decided to go to Spain. So there's a place called Torrevieja where there's um, like a basically it's like a sewage canal. It sounds disgusting, but it goes out for eight miles and it's pretty much pancake flats. It can be a little bit windy, but yeah. like it is so good. There's maybe three roads which you can cross. But a lot of the times like, I've come to those, uh, when I came to them doing the sessions, like cars would stop for you. Like it was so, so good. Um, so yeah, we went out there and uh, yeah, the marathon, so basically Rob uh, does like a two week, two week uh, marathon sort of plan um, essentially. So one week um, you do like a, a harder long run, which is like more specific. And then the week after is a bit more of a steady long run. So what effectively actually one week is probably only one really big session, mm. um, but a fair bit of like steady running. Um, so yeah, so when when I went out there, I was training with Josh. Um, ben Connor was out there as well, um, and yeah, there's, I mean the sessions were by far the best sessions I've probably ever done. Um, so I, I did race actually in Rome um, over the half marathon. I did want to run a little bit quicker than I did, so I ran sixty five, you know, sixty five thirty four. Um, and I did really want to try and break 65 minutes, but I was, I didn't really ease down so much for it. So, um, Rob was pretty pleased with that, actually. No, that's a phenomenal. And like, do you want to say some of the sessions you did that like made it so good? Yeah. Let me, do you know what? If you bear with me for 10 seconds, right. I can probably find them quickly on my Strava. Well, it's, it's interesting. It's like you said, it's like a lot of Brits you see nowadays, like, most of them, like, for example, Piers has been to three different training camps. George Mills is now based with on running in yeah. and St. Moritz and stuff. Do you think as well, like when you're looking for that, it's extremely useful to be going on all these training camps. For example, like Ailish McColgan, I generally don't know where she lives. Like she spends 11 months of the year yeah. away from Dubai, away from her parents' house. Do you think it gives you that added motivation when you go abroad to train? Well, I think... Not only does it give you a bit more motivation, but it also takes away a lot of distractions. Yeah. So I can speak sort of firsthand when when I'm at home. I mean, I can play like COD in the evening, <laughs> and if I'm if I'm away, there's not that distraction there. Yeah. Um, there's no reason to be be up later than ten o'clock. Mm. Like what? Like what are you doing? You sat probably just on TikTok or something stupid. Exactly. Um. So yeah, not not only that, but you also sort of surround yourself with other people, which is sort of like minded. So it was good to be there with Josh because we both just wanted to run really quick at London, um, which actually didn't materialize for either of us because he didn't make the start line. But um, yeah, whilst we were there, it was really, really good. So um, in that sense, definitely getting away, I think with certainly with, and you want to be selective with the people because I've been away before with people and they probably want to treat it more of a holiday. Yeah. So you, you kind of want to make sure you know who you, yeah. you're going away with. I've just found probably i would say one of the best weeks of training i've ever done this was when i was out in um spain yeah, so I'll, I'll go i'll through, put this on i'll, I'll put this, this on instagram my week. this will be the caption <laughs> the captions on instagram so <laughs> be precise i want it all i want it all yeah okay so on the saturday uh i did uh 12 miles at 553 uh then on the sunday we did something called a special block so in the morning i did five miles uh about six minute miling then six miles at marathon pace um and then two miles again around six minute miling and then i did the same in the evening but um in the evening i actually felt really really good and uh ran a little bit quicker so 
the the six miles of marathon pace I ended up running 501 502s wow. um, and then the the sort of easy the five miles in before and the two miles after was around sort of 550 555s um and do you so think yeah that's a special that was a block, pretty big day do you think because a lot of like you see for example the Britons, they do double threshold days but i'm not sure how many they do because they won't publish that like he's the best he doesn't he doesn't want people following him yeah. like people have a, an idea of what they do but how useful do you think the special block is? Because you what have three or four in the block? Is that it or something like that? Uh, I actually only did this once in this block, um, and we do okay. it reasonably early. So, I mean, I think when you look at it on paper, it's quite daunting, yeah. but it's a lot easier than it looks. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't say a lot easier because it's still hard, but it's um, it's definitely easier than it looked. And I felt on the second one, the first five miles easier. I was like or this i feel a bit right <laughs> but actually when i got moving um sort of marathon pace i could have carried on and i felt yeah. i felt so so good um and that was such a good confidence boost i think the biggest thing with both of them is the recovery afterwards yeah. um like two days especially on the tuesday i was like oh i do feel a little bit ropey um but like it's just how you manage that um another thing so, yeah is... so that that's i was just so I was just going to go through the rest of that week. Oh, yeah. Come on. Um, so on the day after that, I did um, two six-mile runs. So just sort of 6.30s in the morning and then the same in the evening. Uh, um, and then on that Tuesday, I actually ran with Josh. And Josh didn't do a session on the Sunday. Uh, no, he, he actually raced on the Sunday. Um, but he wanted to do something a little bit quicker. So I was meant to have sort of 16 easy. Um, which I normally sort of run around six minute miling. Um, and we ended up doing 16 at 5.49s, but the last few were probably a little bit quicker than I probably wanted. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's it's not the end of the world. It's not like we were forcing anything. It was, um, yeah, so I, that was that was quite a good run. Um, and then the, the day after that, I did six miles at 6.45s with Josh in the morning. Um, and then six at 6.20s with uh, Josh and Sam Harrison in the evening. Then this was a, a big confidence boost um, on the Thursday. You'll notice as well, I don't really double loads. Um, I normally would double on a Monday and maybe a Wednesday, but sometimes I just double once a week. Um, we did seven by 3K um, and Ben Connor and Josh did this as well. So this was one of Rob's sessions and that was off a K float. And I averaged about 9.25 on the efforts um, off about 3.25, 3.26 uh, float. And I actually got dropped just after the first rep. And I, I, I was working hard on the first rep. And I said to them, I was like, boys, this is yeah. too hard for me. I'm going to let you go. And uh, Josh actually did start to come back to me. Um, and I caught him on the fifth rep, which I realized I, he wasn't running away from me on like the third one. And I was like, that's okay i like i'm running all right i'm not because i thought i was like oh this is a really ropey session maybe i ran too hard on tuesday and there were the things that i'm going through my mind like mm. oh i shouldn't have run as quick as i did but then it just took me a little bit of running to get into my running if that makes sense mm. um and that's the biggest thing i noticed in the, the marathon blocks it just takes a little bit longer to warm up um yeah. so when i was like four reps in i was like oh actually i feel all right now um but that ended up that's 17, 17 and a half miles at five tens. Yeah. Um, and that's I, I came off the back of that and I was like, actually, yeah, that's, that's, 
pretty pretty promising. So I did uh, two and a half mile one down. The day after that, I did 10 miles sort of recovery, like 620s. Uh, on the Saturday, I did 12 miles with Ben. And again, this was very similar to that Tuesday run, probably a little bit quicker than it should have been because um, we ended up averaging 546s. But mm. it felt pretty good. We were, And we were sort of chatting our way, to be honest. And then the Sunday, this was a very, very hard session. And this is, again, one of them ones I look on paper and think, this is, this is impossible. Um, so it's four miles easy into eight miles of marathon pace. And then normally when I've done this before, you'd go into like a mile float recovery. But Rob actually sets it a mile at threshold pace. So basically half marathon. Then back into four miles of marathon pace. And then another one into threshold and then two miles of marathon pace again. And then four miles easy at the end. So it's 24 miles in total. And the middle block is 16 miles, a little bit faster than your marathon pace. So wow. yeah, it's it, that it's daunting. <laughs> but again, once you do it once, it gives you a lot of confidence. So uh, the four miles easy, we ran 550s. Uh, then we ran 507s for the eight miles. Ben pushed on a little bit on the threshold and I tried to go with him. And I kind of said to myself, don't go faster than 555 yeah. because I'll, I'll cook myself. And I ran 554. And I was like, I feel okay. Because the first eight miles, I felt really ropey. And actually, Ben said to me, was like, I feel pretty bad as well. But then as soon as we got that little bit faster, which sounds so, so mm. um, backwards, felt so much better. Um, and then I did four miles. So I was on my own at this point um in 507s again and then i tried to get sub five on this threshold and I, I just couldn't do it it was a little bit breezy and i was working really hard and around 502 um which made the last two miles of marathon pace pretty unpleasant mm -hmm. so i went 513s but like last 24 miles at 524s and you've got eight miles of warming up warming down in there um i mean you got I, like i came off the back of that and i was like fuck i've actually i'm in pretty handy shape so <laughs> That's like a week and a day, but that's probably the biggest, um, biggest nah. or the best week I've probably done. People are going to listen to that and be like, whoa, like it, it was, it was incredible to see. And I think people will see like, yes, you do run your easy runs quite a bit faster than most people, but it was a fact you were putting these sessions still back to back. And I think the first couple of weeks people might have been like, oh, he's doing his easy runs too quickly. He might not hit the sessions hard. But then when he smashed out these sessions, I kept messaging. I was like, bro, you're, you're doing stuff right because you're able to hit the sessions so much better than you thought, which meant you were in that shape. Yeah, I think, and the biggest thing is with those easy runs, I'm not forcing the pace. I like, mm. you go back a year, I I mean, or like even now, if I went out and did an easy run, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be running that pace. I'm not fit enough to do it. But I knew I was getting fit because I, I could run sort of 555, six minute miling, and it would feel like I am really mm. running easy. Um, and that's the biggest, probably the biggest thing. I could easily not look at my watch and it would just end up being like that or we'd be running and we'd just be chatting. So if it if it was detrimental to my sessions, I would have sort of backed them off. Yeah, but um, it's, still, it's sort of that um, accumulation of fatigue and knowing I can sort of still put them together. So yeah, it, it did give me a lot of confidence. I think the biggest thing is sort of just managing niggles, managing injuries. Um, and I the, throughout the whole sort of period whilst I was in Spain and even before, I had had a gotten um, a bit of a niggle in my Achilles, and I was managing it a lot. But I was sort of I was in the physio, um, or I was in the physio twice a week, most weeks. So 
it's just knowing what you can do and sort yeah. of staying within that envelope because the mileage I was doing wasn't actually that much. Like yeah. the max I did was 108, which I've done way more than that before. So obviously the quality was there, but um, it wasn't even that much volume really. No, that's good. And something I want to talk to you about is like, like we've spoken about this before and I, I, I get like this, I get so nervous for races. Like you were able to run these paces in training. Do you sometimes feel like you go into a race and it's something you need to work on where you need to almost calm your nerves down? Do you get like too nervous and you're almost a bit scared yeah. going into a race? 100%. Like I, not so much in a half, but a marathon. And I think because like, so coming into London, I, I definitely, definitely had this. I knew I was in really, really good shape because I sort of, I proved it in the sessions. But when I came to the race, I think, I mean, I was pretty open in the sense of I wanted to try and run sort of 250, uh, sorry, 214 or faster. And it, it's almost like quite intimidating. So mm. I was a little bit almost scared of it. Um, and yeah, I, I, the whole week, like that, that whole week, I just wanted to race. Like every day I was like, I really want to mm. race. And um, yeah, it, it's certainly something I need to sort of try to work on to sort of manage really. Because when, when I think some of the races, the best races I've done, I've been a lot less bothered. Anything, yeah. okay, I'm just going to go race. Um, and you run well. No, I think that's a big part of like this whole series. It's like how you get your mental attitude towards being happy. Like I've seen some athletes, for example, Hennigan, where I know when he's going to race best is when he's having a laugh, when he's joking around before a race. But when he's like, he has raced very well. But when I, I could tell when I was with him and he's very, very like shy, doesn't talk, I'm like, He's not, he, yeah. he's scared, he's scared, whatever. But I, I feel like I'm the same, like before race, if I'm talkative and everything for Highgate, I was talkative, loving it because I wanted to race and I had a good time. But before some other races, when you just feel a bit like crap and everything, and you're, like you said, you're scared, you just don't know how to cooperate. And do you think that affected you like for the start of the race or anything? Um, It's hard to say. I think... It definitely, so the warm-up for the marathon, um, what sort of Rob likes um, likes us to do is basically two by five minutes. Mm. And it, it's quite quick. So you sort of start easy, but get down to about a minute, a mile or so than your marathon pace. And then on the second five minutes, you sort of start at that and then you work down to marathon pace. And we actually spoke about this like a week after the race. But if you look at what I ran, I ran the second one like way too quick. Well, the first one was too quick, but the second one I was running sort of like five twenties for most of it. Um, and I think that was just purely nerves. So yeah, I think, I think the thing is it's with the marathon, you, you don't get that many opportunities. And when you're in really good shape, everything's pretty much gone well. It's like, well, like you have to deliver. And I think that's almost what I was scared of. It was more like being scared of not delivering um especially you know like especially with london as well you there's so many people there to watch um like wherever you look there's going to be people you know and yeah it it it, it's, it is a little bit overwhelming yeah. at times i'm saying it's like because I, I i was saying to um kieran walker today it was really good of you but you even said in the podcast you push your body to get to 16 17 miles when you could have got dropped out earlier because you wanted to see your family and it's stuff like that where it's yeah. like it just you almost feel like you have to do it, but you don't actually. But that, yeah, that's and very important. not 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 even 
sort of just that bit like because I started to feel terrible at like seven or eight miles so it was, it was almost as soon as it started to rain and I was like oh this is really not good I was like it'll come back to me and like you just have to keep thinking it's like it's gonna get better I'm gonna get through this and it was only because I've been running like probably a half an hour thinking I feel absolutely terrible and like this isn't getting better if it was like five ten minutes I'd have got through it fine um, but it was literally from like eight miles and it was only really 30 I think I, I didn't take my drink at 25k and at that point I thought yeah I don't think I can finish this uh, but yeah then I carried on because I was like yeah you my family are sort of stayed and yeah. watched in the rain like my cousins and things it's like it's not fair to on them so you've got to give yeah, it so at least a good crap no 100% fair play for getting that far but We'll we'll go on to like because now you're you're coming back because you were slight you were, had a niggle in the marathon like you did have a niggle and we've been speaking about it you've been going through some like SNC training like getting some input from physios and everything how is that do you think the, there's a very importance with the nutrition and the SNC you're going to focus on from now on to ensure you don't get any more niggles yeah so I think firstly with the SNC so basically I mean. A lot of people probably don't know what happened in London, but, but effectively, I think I'm I was fine. So, like going back to when I was in Spain, if you can put the conditions are pretty perfect, like you're on a flat road, you can hit the paces fine. But as, as soon as you sort of add a few variables, I think um, basically my hamstrings just aren't strong enough to yeah. cope with it. Um, and as soon as like there was a bit of rain, uh, a few hills, my hamstrings just can't cope or couldn't cope with the sort of basically the the pace so either the pace was too quick for the condition like the the conditions or, and i had to slow down um or yeah well or i made my hamstring stronger so basically i had i came off the back of that and i was like right need to sort of sort this out because i can't have this happen again so um i've been speaking with alex um agorman um and he basically we did some testing i think it was the week before last and he sort of basically took the results from that uh, and it's quite funny actually because when you go through the results it is literally it's like my hamstrings are very very um <laughs> under, under conditioned yeah. pretty much because uh, I, I sent you the results didn't i yeah so yeah there's there's certainly a few things to work on um and i've started that like the last two weeks so i think mm, that would definitely help i mean i'm i've never really done any sort of gym work other than like might do it with you now and then which was pretty rare um similarly with core so one one of the exercises or the tests I did with him, he said I got the worst results he's ever actually seen, <laughs> which is pretty embarrassing. It was one effectively, I basically lay on a on a bed uh, on your back, and you sort of shuffle back to until the your yeah. hips are on the edge, and then you basically hold your hold your body. And I could only hold myself for seven seconds, and I, <laughs> I literally it was just it was it was like I just collapsed. So that probably explains why if you just sort of look how I run, my bum sticks out quite a lot. It's probably just because my core can't hold my pelvis and it, and then my legs come up really high because my pelvis is tilted. So there's quite a lot of things, actually. When you look at the results, they make quite a lot of sense. Um, and like with my calf, so this Achilles that's been bothering me, my right calf is a lot weaker than my left. So I think my left calf's been overworked. My left Achilles mm -hmm. has then got sore. Um, so it's, yeah, it's just bits and bobs like that. So definitely going to be keeping on top of that um so the core and the and the weights and then nutrition wise 
yeah it's it's something i'm sort of aware of and probably what happened with you last year it makes mm. made it more sort of apparent um but i i mean i would openly say i still definitely struggle to sort of making sure i get enough nutrition in the set certainly after big runs that's where i really really struggle sort of some of the um sessions in spain are sort of Josh would eat straight away and he'd have a massive meal. And I'm like, oh, I'm really struggling. I try and sort yeah. of force feed myself. And yeah, it, I mean, it certainly doesn't help. Let's put it that way. Hmm. I mean, that that's something you can work on. It's like the best thing is, is you've actually like now found, like found out that that is the reason. Like you've now said to yourself, okay, this is what I need to do. This is, whereas when I was really bad, I just didn't, I put it in the back of my head. I was like, oh, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Whereas now you've addressed it. You can move on from it, which is the, the main thing. And that's what people want to hear. It's like, and it must be encouraging as well. The fact that you've run all these times and you have, <laughs> you essentially have no strength in your core hamstrings because when your quads get tired, I'm guessing you had nothing, because now you're working your hamstrings. Say, for example, you, for the majority of the time you're using your quads, then if your quads get tired, you're able to like use, utilize your hamstrings. And if they get stronger, do you feel like you'll just be faster and faster? Oh, well, the, the thing I, I think back to, and the, I can think back like years and years, like road relays back in probably like 2014, 15. And you know, like going down at Sutton Coalfield, the, you go down yeah, the yeah, first yeah. hill and it's a little bit quick. If you go off a little bit quick there, I remember having like a burning sensation in my hamstrings and I'd be like a mile into the race. And I think it's just, they're, the capacity of them is pretty good at a low sort of strength level. But as soon as you tweak that strength or like say, for example, the pace is a little bit quicker, they're like, there's zero capacity because they just can't cope. And I can remember another time, like at the big half in, oh, I think you came third. Not the year, year. It would have been, yeah, 20, it would have been 2020. Just yeah, before, yeah, yeah, no, second year, I think. No, I won the second it, year. It would have been, it was, 20, it was 2020. Oh, okay. Whichever yeah, just before know, yeah. COVID. Yeah, yeah. Yes, um, yes, yes. And I remember we went off really, really quick. And I remember coming up the tunnel, uh, like two, two and a half miles in, and my race was done. Like my hamstrings were just absolutely shot. And I was like, I don't understand it. But now, actually, it makes perfect sense. So, um, yes, I mean, I completely, completely understand that now. So I, I can address it. And I think with the with the nutrition after the runs, like I know I struggle to eat. So rather than mm. sort of just knowing it and not doing anything i sort of said i i know what i can sort of take on so i can drink stuff so i'll yeah, make yeah. sure i'm having like a recovery drink straight away um or at least within sort of a reasonable amount of time um but, and even but people just, get like, like that if i can't eat yeah exactly and i think like the longer the, the sort of the stuff is the more that happens as well well yesterday was my first like continuous session and like uh, kieran and i were like he, he did 10 miles Kieran walking to 10 miles hard and I did the five by mile and I had, a, I had a really good session but like straight after I was like I know there's like that 30 minute cutoff and I normally do but because like you said like you feel because you push your body to quite a high standard especially in Spain you just you feel sick and it's like if you eat something yeah. you feel like you could almost pee sick and would it is it actually yeah. better to give it a little bit more time to ensure you actually keep it in like it, it's something we have to ask ourselves and everything yeah and the only way to do it is practice but like you say i think the biggest thing is addressing what the problem is so then if you don't address it then you, you can never sort of fix it i know so 
we have a minute and a half left because I ain't paying for the Zoom premium. <laughs> but, um, what's it? What's going forward? Like, do you have any plans for the marathon going forward? So, to be honest, we haven't decided what marathon to do next, and that's very dependent on when I can get sort of back to a bit more full training. Um, so, I would like to do one in the autumn. Depending, I mean, I've got a few ideas. Like Frankfurt is the end of October potentially. Valencia, that gives me a bit more time, but it's if I can get in. Um, so yeah, I'd like to do one of those, but I think my my biggest thing at the moment is sort of get back running, and I kind of just want to do some ten k's and just race, um, well, and I'd... sort of try and try and PB to be honest. Bro, you're you're going to smash it this year. The best thing is you've addressed it. That's the first thing you need to do. You know, you need to work on the SNC. You get the nutrition side. You're going to be absolutely flying. So. Thank you so much for coming along. It has been, I can't wait for people to hear about the sessions if they haven't, what you were doing in Spain. And I can't wait to see you running even quicker at, at races, especially in the future. Oh, thanks for having me, Jake. Oh, you're a legend.